We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Good morning, and welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci here, filling in for Stevie, and I'm joined by the Chief from the Chief's Prop Shop, Will Priester. What's going on, man? It's good to be back on the NBA Morning Grind with you, and the boys are back in town. Yeah, man, boys are back in town. Yes, it's a good day. Uh, Definitely glad to talk a little NBA. This is probably the uh, the wormhole of all wormholes here in terms of uh, getting off the beaten path. I'm going to try to stay on track so we can give you guys the information that you want early in the morning as you're driving to work or working out, sipping your coffee uh, or your, you know, whatever you get from your local Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or um you know, your local coffee shop, shop local, shop local, get something from your local coffee shop. Uh, we've got a spot here called Cup of Mana. And, um, and while I don't, uh, I don't, um, I don't drink coffee still, you know, just, just go support your local stores downtown or around your town or around your city. Uh, trust me, they, they appreciate it. Um, so yeah, keep that local economy going. Yeah, man, local support local. Every little decision does help. I mean, I work for a newspaper. I interview a lot of mom and pop shops and restaurants, chief, and uh, every little bit helps. So I'm with you on that, buddy. And you know, we have some pretty good wormholes when we're on together. So tangents won't be the worst thing in the world. And we'll get through our ten games on Monday. So uh, it should be exciting. And uh, you'll hear us again soon. We'll be recording the Food for Thought and putting that bad boy out on Tuesday to recap some NFL. And every week, keep surprising us. So it's been a, an exciting NFL season. But this is going to be a little bit of a tough one because there's a lot of what-ifs for this Monday NBA slate and a lot of potential injury news. We just don't know the answer, uh, the answers to right now. And, of course, you have the situation with Charlotte your Charlotte Hornets and whatever the pricing algorithms decided to do. And uh, Charlotte is one of four, I'm sorry, one of three, seven o'clock games. So uh, that that's the big doozy. That's the one with the most hypotheticals and potential news here. My Sixers and your Hornets. And while I'd love to make some kind of friendly side better wager, it's been uh, a brutal season for both of us in terms of just getting the guys on the court. <laughs> so, man, looking at this Philly Charlotte game, 
let's see. Do we have totals and spreads yet? Um, my my gut says it'll be fairly close. The Sixers just haven't been healthy and have not been taking taking care of business. The Phillies five and a half point favorites. That's fine. Um, this this game's interesting, Chief. To kick things off here is one of the seven o'clock Eastern games. Yeah, first of all, let me just say that this may be one of my uh, favorite games on the slate because we get our two hometown teams versus each other. And not only that, um, I feel like there, it's, there's advantages on both sides. Let me tell you something right now, folks. If Joel Embiid was ever going to have an upside game, now you thought he had a game against uh, Boston the other night. I think, what did he have, 28 or 30? or th- I don't know what he had. If you thought he had an upside game against Boston, you just wait until he gets a piece of the Charlotte Hornets. The good thing is we're at home, but Joel Embiid is one of my favorite tournament plays on the slate without fail. No, that was Atlanta, excuse me, not Boston, Atlanta. Atlanta, 28, 12, four, two blocks, one steal against Boston. No, that was that big rebound game, 18 rebounds, 13 points, but shot three for 17. Can you imagine if he hit like five more shots? I mean, just another 10 po- I mean, that would have been a monster stat line uh, and be the guy that's going to go to the line. So uh, I, I really like him here. One of my favorite tournament plays. I know the big news is what's going on with Tobias Harris. What are we going to do there? I have no clue. What I can tell you is if Seth Curry was ever going to hit a 23, it's absolutely going to be against the Hornets as well. And I'm not telling you to play Seth Curry, but you guys know you're not going to get away from uh, – any prop talk with me here. And so uh, Seth Curry really hasn't been shooting as many threes on the season uh, as you would think. Like you'd think he was a guy that's going to be shooting, you know, six to 10 threes a game, but that's really not the case, right? It's, it's really more of a three to four, three point shot attempt guy, but still, you know, if he comes in anywhere near one and a half, I'm willing to take the over on it. But all in all for me with this Philly team is just Joel Embiid. And with Charlotte, I want uh, Kelly Oubre. I want um, Miles Bridges. And then I, I just I just want to get in on those guys mostly. I don't, don't hate Gordon Hayward. Also don't hate Ish Smith at 3,400. Of course, played 32 minutes. Ish, Oubre, Bridges, I'm in. Four pieces from this game for me on this slate. Not going to hit the lock button, but... Ubre is pretty close. Yeah, I think you have to prioritize Ish as well, um, especially on DK at 3,400. I understand it's the second leg and of a back-to-back and they're playing Philly, but what are we doing pricing, Algo? Is it Monday? Are we still sleeping? Didn't have that morning brew yet before we hit the, uh, you know, analyze button on the pricing, Algo? Ish is too cheap on DK, you know, Respectable price on FanDuel as well. I'm with you on Ubre. That's a good price. You know, PJ Washington, I mean, it's still pretty fair price. He's been pretty good per minute if this game stays close. He's 57 on DK and uh, 6K flat on FanDuel. So I, I, have, I have fair interest in this game as a whole, too. Uh, Bridges looked really good on Sunday night um, in the absence of LaMelo and Rozier. And, of course, Plumlee. And we're just under the assumption that none of them will be back. Um, in case you have been out of the loop at NBA, that's why we're talking about all the Charlotte value. Um, so I'm with you. There's a, a ton of interest on the um, Charlotte side of the ball. We'll have to see what happens with Tobias, whether or not he is going to play. You know, I think some of the Seth Curry thing is 
just the evolution of Tyrese Maxey taking up a lot of usage. We weren't used to seeing that last season. Maxey was great without Embiid. He burdened a lot of the workload, but we haven't really seen Maxey pay off that tag with Embiid in the lineup lately. And I think that very attractive price on Maxey, was he 6'2 or 6'3 on FanDuel? Um, And on DK, he is 67. I mean, it's a great matchup. Uh, no knock in your Hornets, but obviously they give up a lot of points. But I, I just need to see Maxi coexist with, with Embiid, not from like an efficiency real-life standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint here. So um, although Maxi would probably be pretty popular, I'm a little worried about him. I'm with you on Embiid, like Embiid quite a bit. Super upside, fantastic matchup. I, I just, you know, who's going to stick him on Charlotte? He's a matchup nightmare for 90% of the teams as it is, Chief. So uh, got to love Embiid in all formats. I'm with you there. Anything else from this game, or should we head on over to OKC? Uh, let's get this OKC going. Yeah, let's get it going on. And, you know, of course, there's been some moving parts in Oklahoma City the past couple of weeks. Josh Giddy missed some time. Of course, Shea Gilgis-Alexander must have woken up and bumped his head because he played a great game uh, one night, and then the next day he had concussion uh, protocol. I don't know. Maybe we're in a tankathon here or something like that, Chief. I don't know what's happening. But you have two very young teams who have young talent, but they aren't going to show up in the wind column yet in OKC and Detroit. So as ugly as it may be, like there's some mild interest here on both sides. And no SGA, you know, opens up some things on the Oklahoma City side of the ball. You know, Lou Dort gets a pretty significant usage bump without SGA. I believe what do I have here? 5% usage bump over 150 minutes without SGA uh, for Lou Dort. Uh, but it looks like Josh Giddy is back too. So that's another variable we have to throw in. And when Giddy's been the primary ball handler, he's been fantastic. 6,800 on DK seems like a bit much though. Uh, over on FanDuel, Giddy is 62. So I like that a little bit more here. Uh, those are my thoughts uh, as of right now without SGA for OKC. What says you, my friend? Yeah, I think for me, it's a go back to the well spot on uh, Robinson Earl. I definitely think that's somewhere we can go. Man, Darius Baisley, gosh, what, what's going on with him? Like, he's just not getting it done. Uh, people just keep passing him in terms of talent on this team. It eventually, you know, he, he's going to be on the bench, I think. But that's that's just me personally. Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, we know they're going to get the minutes. Uh, personally, I'm just going to side with Lou Dort because it's a big discount. He's 5,400, Josh Giddy's 68. And that's just the way I'm going to approach it. As long as SGA is out, I don't mind, you know, the S, the uh, OKC pieces. The minute SGA comes back, I don't play anybody. Right, at these prices, man, I agree. You know, the Baisley thing, still 21 years old. Um, but I feel like you're right. You know what this feels like? I mean, I'm kind of comparing apples to oranges here. It almost feels like the Christian Wood thing. Really young still, took a while, saw the raw talent, bounced around, uh, and then kind of came into his own. We've seen the talent with Baisley, right, Chief? I mean, he's athletic, gets up and down, but just isn't putting it together here. It kind of feels like a Christian Wood situation to me. Anyway, we won't get too deep into that wormhole, as you called it. But uh, Detroit side of things, how good has Cade Cunningham been? You know, after the first week or so of catching his wind and getting his feet under him, he's been brilliant this year so far. Yeah, he has. And, you know, that's what we tell people. Here's the thing. Hear me out, fantasy players. I'm not trying to insult you. But if you're just a fantasy player, 
you don't really get to understand what happens when these guys come in as rookies, right? We can sit here and tell you all day, just give it time. You know, it's going to take them a few games to get adjusted. And, you know, and people don't care. They just want their fantasy points. Well, and then guess what they do? You, you don't get it the first week and then you hop off. And by the time he's cranking it up, you miss it. You can't even you can't even get it because the price has increased, right? That's why you have to stay the course with some of these guys. But I'm with you. Cage been up there, but I'm not paying 7700 even against OKC. I think it's a tad too expensive. He doesn't have consistent 45-point upside yet. He's got sporadic 45-point upside. So I'm just going to stay away. Uh, Jeremy Grant has been, you know, playing okay, but at 7,600, I don't want to play him. Here's the thing. Detroit could very well blow OKC out here. Nobody gets really anywhere near where they need to be. So I'm probably going to fade this whole game outside of maybe, you know, Lou Dort. I mean, if the game's uh, competitive, okay, you know, no biggie. But I'm I'm not – I don't feel like I need to invest any of my hard-earned dollars into this game, mostly. Yeah, we'll see. Vegas has it at a four and a half point spread, but you know, Vegas has been off from time to time in the NBA as well. And you're right. Well, when two, I, I said this on an earlier, one of the earlier shows I did on Sunday, when two bad teams or two young teams, I don't want to call them bad because they're both so young, but they're not good yet. So I guess technically they're bad. But when they play each other, every the game environment just becomes even so much more volatile, it seems like. You see more blowouts. Sometimes you see shootouts. Oftentimes you see really ugly games. Um, but the outcomes are even harder to predict when you have two teams that are so young. And Jeremy Grant also has sporadic 40-point upside playing alongside a Cunningham because Cunningham is such a usage guy now, you know? If Cunningham wasn't on Detroit, you know, Grant would be the usage guy again, and I'd have no problem paying for him in this spot in a revenge game, by the way. Um, I don't mind Grant for larger field tournament stuff, but he's been inconsistent as well. Do you pay 68 for Cunningham on FanDuel Chief? Let me ask you that. That's not too bad because you definitely get a little bit more for the steals and blocks. So, you know, if he, you know, let's say he gets two steals in the block, you get you get three more points on top of that, and the price is cheaper. So I, I like it for sure. Gives you a decent floor at 68, I think, over there on FanDuel. Yeah, yeah. One more 7 p.m. game. And if he gets 40, it's a lot more beneficial than him getting 40 on DK. You know, like that big price difference. 40 at 6,800 on FanDuel is fantastic. 40 at 7,700 on DK is fine, right? But you probably need him to get 50 if you really want to take down the, the big GPP. You expect him to get 40 at 78, right? Like that's what you're asking for, like about five times value like that's what you need to be okay exactly like you expect that at that price not i'm not ready to expect that consistently at 78 either or whatever it was but 68 thousand cheaper yeah i'm okay with it um okay one more seven o'clock game here we got a 10 gamer so we'll we'll keep on keeping on here you got the wizards visiting the pacers and i just feel like the pacers i know you love talking about the pacers you know i know why Nate McMillan, right? Like the one that got the one that got away. No, it's not the one that got away from me. That's 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 the Indiana Pacers' fault uh, for being such idiots. And I, I don't, bird. I don't, I don't mind saying it. They were idiots. I mean, I mean, they, they were just so stupid. You fire a coach, and that's the thing. We've let the microwave society infiltrate every part of our lives, right? And so no one has an appreciation 
for where they've come from anymore, right? Indiana must not remember when they weren't winning games. And Nate McMillan comes in, Paul George leaves, and they, it feels like the organization is done. And Nate McMillan gets there and gets his team to the playoffs. Not only that, not only that, Luch, here's the other thing, because this is the more important point here. I think that's more important than the Nate McMillan firing, which shows how stupid the front office is. Nate McMillan carries this team to the playoffs. Then he has a team that's riddled with injuries most of the season. T.J. Warren's always hurt. Sabonis was hurt. Brogdon was hurt. I mean, Levert gets there and he's hurt. And then they fire him. Well, then he goes to Atlanta and, and, and pretty much almost carries that team to a championship. Guess what they do, though, in the meantime? They fire Nate and they bring in someone from the Nick Nurse tree. Nick Nurse isn't even good enough to have a tree yet. Kawhi won that championship, not Nick Nurse. Trust me. Nick Nurse isn't even good enough to have a coaching tree. They hire someone from the Nick Nurse coaching tree. That was a debacle. The team loses most of their games. They weren't successful. And then guess what they do? They fire that coach after a season, and then they bring in Rick Carlisle. I don't, I don't have any qualms about Rick Carlisle, respect Rick Carlisle. Uh, could he have better rotations maybe for DFS purposes? But Rick Carlisle is a professional coach, right? But here's my point. All of that just to fire the guy you brought in after one season. That tells you this Indiana team, if they don't get it together, they're going to be the new Cleveland Browns. Oh. Coach after coach after coach after coach. Do you get my point? So we've got to give these professional coaches time to develop. And, and here's what I mean. Nate McMillan didn't need time. He's a proven commodity. You can't give him a team where half of the team, half of the team plays and expect him to field a G League team against NBA level players and win. I mean, heck, he took this team to the playoffs with Nick with, with Nick Coll not Nick Collison. Um, what's Collison's first name? Darren. Yeah, he takes this team with to the playoffs with Darren Collison of all people, and you fire the guy after. Anyway, you, you get my point here. You they get were, my point. They were idiots. Now, Sounds like our podcast title. <laughs> yeah. He, he, here, here why I was, uh, here's why I was able to go down this rabbit hole, folks. I'm not playing anybody in this game from Washington or Indiana. I, I don't care who it is. I'm not playing anybody. Sabonis is 10K. No. Kuzma 6K. No. Bradley Beal's 8,800. No, here's why I'm not playing Bill. He's just not getting the scoring this season, right? He's got everything else. Peripherals look good. Scoring's not there because they have so many other pieces. I'm just not doing it. I'm not playing a single person from this game. Malcolm Brogdon, 8,700? 8, get out of here. I don't care if you can put up 50. Most of your games, you're going to put up 35 to 38. Took another high floor guy on FanDuel's Brogdon at 77. A lot better than 87, that's for sure. So Karis LeVert finally had a game, finally. A bunch of weirdness going on with Sabonis checking in late off the bench, and their minutes were kind of staggered for three quarters, which, which is kind of what you need, like what fantasy players want. But when there's three usage-oriented players and Brogdon, Sabonis, and LeVert, they, like the three of them don't all – like they can't hit value together. It's just like one of them typically. I will say this, Karis LeVert at 51 on FanDuel – he just had over his best game of the season. 
is tempting for me to see if he can keep momentum going. I only got a $300 price boost from over the weekend. Um, I'm interested. He shot 50% from the field, Mm -hmm. one of five from three. But here's what really took him over. He shot 11 free throws in that game. He's not shooting 11 free throws against Washington. I'm going to wait and see. Only because he's not taking enough shot attempts on a regular basis for me to feel like he's going to get to 40. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he doesn't shoot 10 free throws, if he comes back down to that, I mean, look, look at these other games. He shot 11 free throws against Miami, none against Atlanta, two against Minnesota, and Minnesota's a foul machine. Two against them, had he shot about, you know, eight to nine against Minnesota, maybe I'd feel better. Two against Milwaukee, like none, none, none. He's not going to do that again. That's, that's an anomaly. I'm not investing in Karis LeVert until the shot attempts come up or the peripherals come up. And I don't think either of those are going to happen because you got Brogdon with the ball in his hands a lot. You've got Sabonis who's going to be on the boards and, and, and even Sabonis doesn't take a lot of shots. Like he's not getting 20 shots a game. Some games I've seen him with nine or 10, 10 field goal attempts. Like, what is that? You're supposed to be one of the bona fide stars of this team. So why aren't more people scoring Karis? (laughs) <laughs> the Pacers need you, man. Whew. Seriously. I mean, the 16 shot attempts was uh, up there with one of his season highs, which was good. You're right. He shot 50% from the floor. Um, I- I'm still okay with paying 51 for him, but 61, I- I'm with you on a wait and see on DraftKings for sure. Um, but I'm willing to maybe roll the dice at 51 on FanDuel, who often misprices everybody. Uh, anyway, you're right. You know, Bradley Beal, we're living in – in December of 2021, it's just not the same team. It's not the the Bradley Beal show that it was, right? Like he's 8,500 on FanDuel, and you know when you do what we do for so long, you say, "Wow, that sounds like it's really cheap for Bradley Beal." But like he hasn't had a 30 point game in a month. Like it's just not. You know, Dinwiddie matters. Kyle Kuzma matters. Montrez Harrell playing alongside of Beal when he does matters. They all cut into to the usage. You know, it was basically just Westbrook and Beal last year. Uh, and, you know, they load managed one or the other every other game, too. So there was games where it was just Bradley Beal hitting, like, a 40% usage chief, right? I mean, we on the same, same wavelength there. Like, we just can't expect these 50 bombs from Bradley Beal. And this certainly, you know, despite a, a what seems to be attractive price, just isn't a spot where I'm going at Beal. Yeah, for sure. Not doing it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. We'll move on to the lone 730 game on the docket. Memphis at Miami. Another game with some question marks here. Mostly waiting to see what happens with Jimmy Butler, who is questionable. Butler is 8,800 on FanDuel. And he is, my guess, is a little more expensive on DK. 94. So we need that news. Tyler Hero, 7,400. Hasn't had that ceiling game we expected to see him from him at least once without Butler during the sequence. The good thing about Butler is he loves to shoot the ball, and we love guys with scoring upside. Kyle Lowry's there on FanDuel at 6,700. He was mega chalk against Indy, and then against the Bucks, uh, he totally wet the bed. 
uh, as on the second leg of that back-to-back here, but he is 6,700 over there. Um, Bam Adebayo is obviously out for, for quite some time, and Dwayne Dedman is up to 5,900. Like, we've seen him crush from time to time, but I struggle to rationally predict an upside from Deadman at almost 6K is just tough to do. Talk to me on the on the DraftKings side of things in Miami or just what you think about the Heat in general. Yes, I still don't hate Lowry because as long if, if Jimmy is out, Lowry still can get to 45. Like, I'd accept that. Same thing for Tyler Hero. Uh, if Tyler Hero's minutes had come down, maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned. But guess what? He shot four for 17 in that Milwaukee game and still put up 38 fantasy points. He's another one of those guys. He hit four more shots. Now we're talking about him being at 46 fantasy points. Big difference between 38 and 46 for 7,300 in terms of point per dollar. So uh, I, I I still like uh, Tyler Hero a ton. Um, may, may not really worry about Deadman because – you know, as we can see, outside of the Cleveland game, um, you know, he played 31 minutes there, 23 against Indiana, 24 against Milwaukee, which was more, more so of a blowout. But I'm really not going to uh, worry about him. You know, I think the thing is, what are we going to do with these these uh, these cheaper guys like Max Struss, right, and Gabe Vincent at 4K? Like, I think those are the – those are some of the cheap pieces. Gabe Vince has been fine playing 30 minutes, but he's priced up now to where the upside might be gone at that price. Right. And then we got Max Struss at 38 who, you know, he had that, that big game against Milwaukee, but like I said, that was a little bit more of a blowout situation where he got some late runs. So all in all, it's probably just hero. Um, and just Lowry for me. I know Cody Martin is going to, I mean, Caleb Martin, excuse me, is going to play as well uh, a few minutes, but I don't think it's anything enough for us to get excited about. So, like I said, just hero and Lowry for me. You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Miami's no longer playing at this historic defensive efficiency like they opened the season up at for the first, like, two to three weeks. Now they are 11th in the league in defensive efficiency, which, which is pretty good, still top third. You know, but you take – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you take Butler off the court and bam. More importantly, Butler here. And it's just not the same not the same team. Uh, State in the obvious here, but I'm less afraid of them defensively. Um, Memphis hasn't played defense all year. They started playing very fast to begin the season, and now they uh, play at a little bit of an average pace, and they're going to play a little bit slower without jaw on the court too. So this, this – you know, this is a complicated game because in terms of pace, the like the pace isn't screaming at you to play anybody here, but there are definitely going to be some potential increased roles here, depending on what happens with Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, Memphis has been involved in a lot of blowouts one way or the other. So uh, some of the, the game logs are a little bit deceiving. You know, Jaron Jackson just gets a mega usage bump without jaw. He's just so frustrating to roster. He averages almost six fouls for per, per 36 minutes. He just doesn't play any defense. Dylan Brooks is right around 6K. Like, it's right around my threshold. Fairly scoring dependent, typically. Hasn't gone for seven times value yet without Ja. Now, Desmond Bain has been awesome to watch this year. You know, he's had some big games. I, I like Bain in general. 5,800. You know, I don't... 
don't love it at 5,800. It might be more of a prop bet kind of night for Bain. He is 68 on DK, and there's no way I'm paying that for him. So it was more of a FanDuel play. Sorry, I'm probably stealing your thunder there, but a big price discrepancy in Desmond Bain for sure. So, uh, you know, a tough game to really peg here. Let me ask you this, and then uh, I'll only ask you about Jimmy Butler. If Jimmy Butler plays, do you have interest in Jimmy Butler? No. Okay. I, I don't like this game either. Um, I'm just kind of out. I mean, Triple J, he can definitely get in the 40s for sure. But overall with this game, I mean, maybe Tyus Jones at 5,600 on DK. But outside of that, I, I don't really want to play anyone. Love Desmond Bain. I mean, I think he's been fantastic. But like you said, at 68, uh, I'm out. Yeah, I'm okay with uh, – it's been a printing press for betting his points over lately. So keep an eye out the open up bayonet tomorrow. Um, earlier in the season, they were opening. My guess is 16 and a half. Yeah, it's been uh, the beginning of the season. He was at like 12 and a half and 13 and a half. And then it was like 14, 15, but 16 and a half is a good line for him. But he's been great with minutes when the game's been competitive. So uh, hit up Chiefs prop shop on the discord and uh, you'll find out whether or not he's on Desmond Bain <laughs> tomorrow. And uh, we'll take it from there. But uh, other than that, in this game, like you said, it's it's slim pickings here uh, for sure. Um, if Butler's in, that takes me off Hero and, and Lowry pretty much completely. You with that assessment? Yeah, mostly. I mean, Hero's always kind of sneaky to me, right? Like he can always pop for one of those games, even with Butler. But but clearly, we need the price to come back down around in that six K range. So yeah, I think I'd be out on everyone. Okay, but but with no bam, I'm not. It's still it's still one of those. If they stagger him and he gets a lot of second unit, like yep, you know what I mean. So I I think Hero might still be okay, but I don't think he's a necessity. Yeah, you know, before Lowry, they definitely staggered uh, Hero and Butler a little more when some of their ball handlers were off when Drogic was out or whatever, you know. But now with Lowry, it's like, let's just roll out our best players. You know, it seems like Spolster's just rolling them out together. Uh, but you're right. Who knows? Maybe they switch it up a little bit. Maybe Butler's limited, right? Maybe he missed some time. Even if he's active, maybe he plays like 30 minutes. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. NBA is always such a joy with um, the monitor minutes news and the minutes restrictions. And you, sometimes you just never really know. Anyway, there's one 8 o'clock. Oh, man. There's three 8 o'clock Eastern games on the card. Been a long day. I'm on my fourth show today, Chief. So uh, we had a lot of Sunday football action. Man, didn't have a lot of that coffee. There are three eight o'clock Eastern games on Monday's card: Denver at Chicago. Oh, this and will be a quick one, at least for me. Is it a price thing? I know you're gonna say pass. <laughs> I'm not playing anyone. It, it's all price. Like I'm not. I mean, DeRozan's over nine k. He's ninety five. Uh, Levine's ninety five, and Vooch is ninety seven. Lonzo Ball is 76. Like, get out of here. You know, then you go to the other side. You've got Jokic at 12, who's worth it. But then you've got uh, Will Barton at 72. And, you know, I just don't play Aaron Gordon. So I can't, I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. Go ahead and provide your analysis. I have none. My analysis is I'm not playing it. Yeah, you know, Will Barton's price, 61 on FanDuel. Pretty big discrepancy there between sides. Barton's not been great the last week, week and a half. You know, Jokic, 10-9. I mean, uh, he's, he's got to be in the player pool if you're multi-entering for sure. Um, you know, Levine and DeRozan on FanDuel, 86 and 85 respectively. Like, they're fine. 
Uh, but Denver's not like a super plus matchup or anything. Um, you know, so if you're 150 max and this is a game where, you know, maybe I have a couple guys that are, you know, at the field or maybe a little bit over, not going crazy. But yeah, in terms of like, you know, optimal or, or single entry or three max type build, I, I think I'm with you. I'm, you know, a lot of good players in the game, but the price, they, they, there's a lot of star power in this game. But in terms of pricing and dividing the usage, you know, when Lonzo balls up to 66, like, nah, what's his upside there with everyone healthy? I don't know. You know, Vuce at 9K seems generally pretty safe. But again, with all the mouth to feed there, it's not like he's playing in Orlando, right? So think things are totally different. Plus, he's got to deal with Jokic the whole night. So I think generally I'm out on this game, too. So that's a good little time saver. There you go. Here we go. How about a how about a game where we might be a little more in on Atlanta at Minnesota? And there we go. Big, 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 big question mark here is Carl Anthony Towns chief. So um, whether or not he's in um, is is a huge deal to this slate. Not to me. No, we got a lot of. I don't. I don't think we care. Discrepancies. No, I, do I mean? don't think we care. If he was in, you know, we might play him. If he's out. We're still going to be interested in the Atlanta side. Uh, we're still going to be interested in, I think, Anthony Edwards at 8,100, even though it, it is a touch expensive for him. Like, I don't think, but he's right on the edge in terms of average fantasy points. And this is a game at home where, where he could pop. We already know that, you know, uh, Atlanta's got a lot of guys that are, that are questionable or either out, uh, you know, like Cam Reddish and Bogdanovich and all these guys. So, I, I like the Atlanta pieces, and um, this is absolutely a spot where, you know, I, I think Trey Young is big time in play here. Even at 10-3, I think the upside is there. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's a lot of these Atlanta pieces, and then I love Anthony Edwards here. Like, this is a spot where he's going to have to rock and roll, run up and down the court, you know, uh, try to make sure he get gets involved with this team. So I, I, I like it a lot. You know, Towns went through shoot around on Friday. Didn't end up playing regardless. Um, are you in on Edwards regardless of town? And, 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 regardless. Regardless. Okay. And D'Angelo Russell's questionable too. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm in on Edwards regardless. Yep, odds, regardless. odds are decent. One of them sits, right? Which opens up a bigger role for Anthony Edwards, who was coming back off an illness over the weekend as well. He was really passive to begin that game against Brooklyn. Trust me, I was on his props. Uh, I didn't shoot a field goal attempt in the first quarter whatsoever. <laughs> you know, that's the stuff that really grinds your gears sometimes. But yeah. if Towns or Russell miss, I'm also with you on Edwards. Uh, I understand Jared Vanderbilt had a sick game over the weekend. I just don't know about paying 63 for him. Here's one for you. If Cat misses, Nas read at 5K. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's just okay. I mean, I know I know he's a guy that can get the peripherals. I think he's a better player on DK at 4,100. Yep. Agreed. But, uh, you know, he'll get the peripherals. But, you know, I, I'm not sure what, what would happen against uh, – against Capella. So there you have it. Gallinari and Herder both showed out on Sunday. Do you have any interest in either of those Atlanta pieces? Well, I think if all those guys are out, then yes. You know, like Reddish would have to be out. Um, and uh, 
watch this fake DeAndre Hunter. Like Reddish has to be out, I think, for me to really get on the Gallinari trade because Gallinari is forty seven hundred on DK, and he could absolutely go out there and put up eighteen fantasy points. Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not that concerned about Gallinari at all. I probably have a lot more interest in Herder, who is a guy that I feel like is going to shoot a lot more shots. Yeah, and you know, Herder's kind of scoring dependent, but man, like he has such a an increased role without Hunter, and uh, if Reddish misses as well, you know Bogdanovich is out too. So uh, I'm with you on some of these guys. They're they're definitely tournament plays, um, but I think I think there's some upside. Pretty good game environment collectively. So uh, I'm with you. John Collins had a really nice game against Charlotte too. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of ways to go in this game. I, I think I'm with the Anthony Edwards top play. Um, for me, is is if Towns or Russell miss. If Towns and Russell both play, I don't know. I'm probably indifferent. Um, but I do like Nas Reed on DK at that price if if Cat misses. So I'm with you, I'm with you. What do you think about John Collins? Is he just like priced just right where it's like, man, yeah. you know? I I don't like playing John Collins either unless people are out. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he's 7100. Yeah, he put up 53 against Charlotte. That's Charlotte. Like on a on a general scale, he's going to be anywhere from 28 to 32 fantasy points. I I just I me's mean, averaging 35, but I'm saying like I I he's like I don't I don't want to be trying to predict the big performances. Right. I, you know I didn't watch that game and I don't have the game flow in front of me yet because it's it's just not available yet. But my thoughts were, and I don't know, did you watch the game at all on Sunday? The Charlotte game? I didn't get a chance to. Well, I was just, I was just curious because, like, it seems like Atlanta, whenever a team plays small, it's like they just yank Capella off. And I was talking about it uh, with Keith a little bit on crunch time. So I was wondering if how often Collins slid to the five and what Capella's minutes were because I kind of thought that was a huge deal. So it's just, like, maybe something to keep an eye on with Atlanta in general. And it's not going to be against Towns in minnesota but like if they're squaring off against a team that likes to go small it just seems like they're more prone to match up with small small ball rather than impose like you know their 7-1 clint capella center out there and try to win the game that way like i think of nick richard started as a formality i'm assuming and pj washington played what like 35 minutes and we expected that and richard is just like the placeholder to roll out there like like golden state they play super small like I would think that would be a 20, 25 minute Capella game kind of thing and roll a small lineup out there. And just little things you have to take notes of, you know, in these rotations. And um, I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what we saw in the Atlanta Charlotte game, but that, that's my guess. Um, you know, poor Capella got shot right out of Houston because couldn't space the floor for Harden, you know, surround them with all the shooters. How far did they get in the playoffs? How far did the Rockets go? Not very far. No. Oh, man. All right. Cleveland at Milwaukee. I don't have a total on this yet. Oh, Giannis you don't is... want a total on it. <laughs> You're right. Giannis is questionable, Chief. Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Take it away on the Buck side for me. Well, first of all, let, let me just – this is a safe space. This is a safe space. Drew Holiday, Saturday night, in the arena, goes off in the first half, Luch. Have a 
prop on him at 17 and a half real points. 17 and a half. Did you watch the game on Saturday by chance? No, but I know. Okay, good. I know the result. No, 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 no. That's okay. That's okay. 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 We're, we're going to pretend you don't because this is a safe. This is a safe place. I don't know the result. I lied. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thank you for your your uh, honesty. So Drew scores sixteen in the first half. I mean, and look, I didn't even know what was going on because I wasn't, you know, in there. But we're in the prop shop, so finally I hop in, and everybody's like man, Drew, come on, come on, get there. And I started scrolling up and I said, does this thing say Drew had 16 in the first half? I'm like, whoa. I was like, you know, and I'm sure everybody was like, oh yeah, <laughs> just go ahead and count this one. Just, just go ahead and count it. Now, by virtue of me saying that, perhaps you know what happened, but I still have to tell the full story. So finally, you know, like I said, I'm in the prop shop, hanging out and they're like, oh God, he missed another one. And then Milwaukee, they just start pulling away. So he comes back in the game with like five minutes left. Drew Holiday missed every single shot he took in the second half. Went like 0 for 8 or 9 or something. Said he missed layups. And they. And so someone in the, in the prop shop said, I'm telling you right now, Vegas gave Drew a call and said, hey, that's good. Uh, you can just quit scoring now. I, Drew must have gotten paid. I, I don't. I don't really believe that. But just one of the worst beats we've seen in a prop shop this week. I mean, all time bad. With that being said, Drew Holiday's eighty five hundred against Cleveland. Not doing it. Uh, Chris Middleton is eight K against Cleveland. Not doing it. Uh, Bobby Portis is 7,800 against Cleveland. Not doing it. Can Bobby Portis get 50? Oh, yeah. Can Drew get 50 and all these other guys? Absolutely. But I'm not paying these prices. These are Giannis's out prices, and I'm still not paying it. If Giannis is in, I'm not playing anybody. Except potentially Giannis. Potentially. I'm not, I'm not playing Giannis against Cleveland. Cleveland is good and slow. And yeah, there are like, better things I could do with my time than try to play Giannis against Cleveland. Same, same old Cavs, not the same old Cavs. No, no. Look, and it's look, weird. It is and, weird. And, and, and they're even playing Kevin Love off the bench, 20-something minutes oh, a game. Our good and, friend. And, and he's playing fine. I mean, he's doing just fine. There, dare I say he wants to stay in Cleveland and pursue a playoff a playoff uh, series victory this year. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Weird, weird things have been happening in the East. I don't. I mean, I looked up one day and Washington was number one in the conference, and I said, "Whoa, this is this this is interesting." And we're almost at Christmas time. It's not October, you know, twentieth anymore. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, let's folks hang with us here. Trust me. We'll, we've already skipped plenty of games. NBA standings now. Now Washington isn't anywhere near the top anymore. Okay, uh, but now now things are starting to shake out a lot more, or or closer to the way that we thought it would be. Right. So, have you looked at the standings recently? No, we're gonna play a fun game, aren't we? Oh, this is a fun game, Luke. 
let's see if you can actually guess one through eight. Uh, and I, I think you're going to be God. very surprised at how this is shaking out as we go through the whole Eastern Conference. So who do you think is number one? Uh, I, I think it is the Nets. Yep, Brooklyn's number one. So good. Yeah, they're number uh, one. Milwaukee, two. Close, but we're going to give you that. Milwaukee's three at 15-9. If you would have looked at this a week and a half ago or two weeks, Milwaukee was, like, out of the playoffs. I'm saying, but you know, it was too early. You get what I'm saying. It's just, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, they've won their last 10, they're nine and one, which tells you how far they had to go to get out of the dumps. Okay. I'm going to give you two. Well, let's, let's I, give I think you I know two. two. I think two Chicago, right? Yeah. Two is the Bulls. Yeah. Okay. They're six and four. The Nets are seven and three in their last team. Their last 10 Bulls are six and four. Bucks are nine and one. And the Wizards are four and six. Okay, so that yeah. that's that's three. So you've got one, two, three. Who's four? Um, is is it is it the Wizards? They're five. They're five. I'm the Wizards are five. All yeah. Right. So Miami's got to be four. Yeah, Miami's four. They're five and five. So I need their six, last seven, ten. eight. Now this is where it gets. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. It's because I, there's some good teams that you don't know where they are. Because I think the Sixers are still on the outside looking in. I they, don't think, they are so you got them. Yep. They're not in right now. Yep, and I think and that and that doesn't matter. They're going to be in. Trust me, they, they will be in. But this doesn't matter. But it's still fun. Is Cleveland six? Cleveland no. six? No. Okay. How about seven? Cleveland seven? Yes. Okay. Now I know it's your Hornets in Boston. Like my my gut says, is Boston's the better team? They got to be. They got to be ahead of the Hornets, but I think it's I ha, it's probably flopped, right? Are the Hornets the the six? Hornets are six, and Boston's Celtics are eight. eight. Wow, that was pretty good. The yeah, Knicks are absolutely. Oh, I'm gonna bring yeah. up the standings now. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So we have twelve and eleven Sixers, twelve and twelve Atlanta, eleven and twelve, eleven and thirteen. I mean, we are jumbled, folks. And we, guess what? Pacers are still what under five hundred. Just because they don't have Nate McMillan, we know yeah, that. Yeah, well, he's a big part of the reason why. Don't don't look now, but there's already uh, rumors of uh, the Lakers wanting to run Frank Vogel out of town already too. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. Uh, well, well, look, we only got how many games we got left because we can do this. We only got a couple games left, right? We have four games in about I don't know twenty minutes. No, no, we got three games. We're already on Cleveland, Milwaukee. And I'm not playing anybody in this. Game. Well, well, I was gonna play this game with you quick on this Milwaukee side of things. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Drew Holiday, in or out? If Giannis is out, 7,800. Uh, in on FanDuel, but on, on DK, he's 85. I'm not paying that. I'm, I'm talking fan. I know I'm talking FanDuel. Middleton, yeah. seven, 75. Um, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm in on that. I'm in, I'm, I'm in on mid-sevens. So, so. Very site dependent here with the pricing, as uh, you guys, if you've been listening throughout the pod, discrepancies in, in many games. And Bobby Portis is 68 as well. So, like, not the best game environment. And I don't know if I'd play three of these guys. I don't even know if I'd play two, but I think you can play one of them if Giannis is out. Uh, and maybe two, but it's it's going to be slow. It should be a slow game. If anything, yeah. it's a pace-up spot for Cleveland. I'm not paying 74 for Garland. You know, not paying 76 for Mobley. Love Jared Allen. Don't think I'm paying 87 for him, though. You know? No, no. Can't do that. Can't but do we can't get in on the props, which is why I love the, the prop shop. Anyway. You absolutely can. You absolutely can. 
uh, you know what? Like we know there's usage available when Giannis is out. Just to reiterate here, without Giannis and Brooke Lopez on the court, with both of them off this season, across 192 minutes, Chris Middleton gets an 8.5% usage bump up to a 35% usage. That's 46 DraftKings points per 36 minutes. Drew averages 43 DraftKings points per 36 at a 29% usage after a 5.5% usage bump. Uh, Portis, the numbers don't really show for Portis, but it's more of an, a, a minutes thing for Portis. He's always a point per minute guy usage, you know, but when Giannis and Brooke are out, like you're not going to see massive usage bump for Portis. So don't shy away from Portis. Cause you don't see the big plus number next to the percentages. It's about getting the court time for Bobby Portis. You know, just slightly before we move on, just slightly does DeMarcus cousins like muck the waters a bit for Bobby Portis, just like those 12 to 13 minutes that should mostly be Portis's when Brooks out, like they're starting to go to cousins just a little bit chief lately. And, uh, you know, that kind of stinks for if you're back in Portis once in a while. Um, okay. You're right. We got three games left here. So you want to games? we're going on cruise control, buddy. We're going on cruise control. We have a couple well, injury situations, but. Well, well look, I, I did want to plug this in before we got to that San Antonio game, if that's where we're headed. We headed to the San Antonio game. Sure. Okay. That, that, was my, that was my question. So let's talk about the West slightly. Because as it stands right now, the Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference. And it hasn't been that way in a long time. Not since the old school Bulls days, mostly. Or the, the new school Orlando Magic with Dwight and that. You know what I'm saying? And the Boston teams with, with Garnett. And, like, it's been a while since you could say overall at this point in the season, the East was better than the West. But that's because there's been a redistribution of talent, right? Like when DeRozan goes to Chicago, what makes Chicago better? Giannis stayed in the East and it's helped to try to build that team. KD and Harden both go to uh, to the Nets. Uh, and then you've got Kyle Lowry odd, stayed in the East. Right. Kyle Lowry stayed in the East with the Heat, with Jimmy and Hero in the game. And you've got the Hornets who are basically have a whole young team that they're letting play outside of, you know, Gordon Hayward, who, listen, I will never be comfortable with this contract. But when a situation happens like now where you got two of your bigger pieces out, like Terry Rozier and uh, LaMelo Ball, it's good to have Gordon Hayward, right? It's another score. But Kelly Oubre is the big story there. Getting Kelly Oubre in Charlotte was a big deal. The Cavaliers are another young team, and the Celtics are uh, are another team that's got Tatum, who's an all-star. I don't think he's a superstar. I think Tatum's an all-star. They've got Jalen Brown, who's more of an all-star, not a superstar. And, you know, their glue guy and Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder, the guy playing for his big contract. So, you know, they've got that. And then you've got the 76ers who have their star, uh, superstar, and, you know, an all-star, but he's probably out of the door. Then you got the Hawks, the Knicks. So here's what I'm saying. Teams one through 10 are over 500 or 500 or better in the East. Teams one through 10. Teams one through eight are 500 or, or better in the West. And five through eight are all at 500. 
12 and 12, 11 and 11, 11 and 11, 12 and 12. The East, five through eight, 14 and 10, 14 and 11, 13 and 11, 13 and 11. So there's this, this balance of power that seems to be shifting between the conferences, at least currently. The big thing for me is if you look at the top of the conference, though, the Warriors and Suns are both 19 and four loops. And as much as we wanted to blame things on Chris Paul that may have happened in Houston or may have happened in LA with the Clippers, you can clearly see that Chris Paul is contributing to a winning environment in Phoenix, along with Monty Williams, the coach. I don't want to take anything from Monty, but this team made a turn right in, in the bubble they acquired Chris Paul and he took them over the hump. And I, I'm very impressed with, with how the Suns have been playing. But I'm, I just want to go over the standings so we can get a feel of what's happening because sometimes I think that's important to just know what's going on in the NBA. Warriors 19 and 4, 1. Suns 19 and 4. Jazz 16 and 7. Grizzlies at 4, 13 and 10. And then 5 through 8 is 500. Clippers, Mavericks, Nuggets, Lakers. That is the Western Conference. And then outside looking in, Timberwolves, Blazers, Kings, Spurs, Rockets, Thunder, Pelicans. Rockets, Thunder, Kings, they're going to be at the bottom of this conference. Pelicans probably too. I don't see Zion saving this franchise if he comes back or when he comes back. All right, I'm done. I just wanted to give the people that so they had an idea of where we were back to your regularly scheduled programs, this was probably our rabbit hole of the, of the day. Zion doesn't want to be there. This is an Anthony Davis situation. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans. He, he's getting out. He's not going to be. He, I, is it a hot take if I say he doesn't play there next season? Like, I don't know. I can't see, I can't see this being a happy ending there. Can you? I don't know. I don't know either. You know what, like, there are a ton of injuries, a lot of COVID protocols, a lot of guys missing games on both sides, but I don't know if there's a guard of power yet. The East is definitely more competitive, but the West has dealt with their lumps too. I mean, the Lakers missing a bunch of guys, especially LeBron. No excuses. KD and Harden were hurt last year, and Kyrie's not even playing. I'm not I'm not making any excuses for the for the West. Well, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. You know, Nuggets, no Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. Really sucks to hear about Michael Porter Jr. and that injury, by the way. You know, Porzingis can't stay on the court. Kyle Leonard hasn't hey. played a game. John Morant out for an extended period of time. I will say the cream always rises to the chop the, the top though, Chief. And the Warriors, Suns, and Jazz are the best three teams in the conference. I don't know. Will I get crucified for this? I think maybe they're the best three teams in the NBA. Arguably, you can make a case for that, I think. Best three teams in the NBA. Give them to me again. Warriors, Suns, Jazz, top three in the West. No. No? The Jazz would not beat Brooklyn in a series. Who beats Brooklyn in a series? The Bucks. Who else? Golden State. Who else? I don't think Phoenix would beat them in a series. I don't. 
I'd pay to watch um, it though. I'd watch it again. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think Phoenix would beat them in a city. And here's why. At the end of the day, in the NBA, the premier talent wins. The Jazz have a great collection of players. But Donovan Mitchell is an all-star. Oh, I've heard this on TNT before. <laughs> he's not a superstar. And that's nothing against Donovan Mitchell. I love him. I think he's fantastic. But he's not Kevin Durant. He's not Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's not Steph Curry. Do you, get, do you, do you see where I'm going with this? And so I, I didn't want to just roll out the tall guys because I didn't want you to think I was just kidding. He, he, he's not those guys. Oh, hear, hear me out on this. Let's let's play this game. Who's the superstar on the Chicago Bulls? Or are they just the, are they the Utah Jazz, a collection of very good talent in the East? Yes. Wow. I they, agree. They, abs- they absolutely are. Now, if there was anybody that would have been close to a superstar in terms of stage of their career, it would be Zach Levine. But but here's the difference between the Bulls and Utah. Here's the difference. Their one bona fide score is Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody else. Mike Conley is not a bona fide score anymore. You have three buckets in Chicago. Right, right, right. So, so it's like a different collection of talent. Uh, Bogdanovich is not a bona fide score, right? In Chicago, they've got two guys at the end of the game you say, hey, give me the ball and I'll get a bucket. And they're going to get it in two different ways, but they're going to get this bucket or close to it, right? Zach Levine is going to be a little bit more, have a little bit more extended range, but the guy can shoot the lights out. Why do you think he's in a three-point contest uh, the past couple of seasons? The guy can shoot. DeMar DeRozan is the, give me the ball. I'm either going to get fouled and shoot free throws or I'm getting to the I'm getting to my mid-range spot, and you can't stop me from getting there. Vooch is the hey, if we really get in trouble at the end of the game, let's go pick and pop action. I'll step outside the three-point line and nail a dagger, right? They've got three bona fide scores, and Kobe White isn't even getting hot off the bench yet. I'm telling you right now. The, the, Bulls, the Bulls' weirdness, they're the same as Utah, but they've got the bona fide scores that can get a bucket. And that's the Jazz's problem. They get, the Jazz need to go out. They really need to follow the Bulls' formula here. They still need Mike Conley, but they need to go out and find a disgruntled person, someone that can come in and be another bona fide score. Here's why. You're not giving the ball to Rudy Gobert at the end of the game and saying, get me a bucket. You're not doing that. So who's it going to be? Is it Kevin Love? This, uh, this, okay. is, a, this is a scorcher. Is it Jalen Brown? Is it Jalen Brown? I've heard some Jalen Brown rumors. I, I wouldn't... <sighs> I heard Ben Simmons working on his shot. I'm just kidding. Listen, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't want to take Jalen Brown. He gets hurt too much. That's another accident waiting to happen. Mike Conley is already getting hurt every year. You don't need two of these guys, right? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just. I'm saying, who, who else is? Is it Kimba Walker? Well, does, well, does Kimba well, want to go to Utah? Well, you know what? The, 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 
here I, maybe, but like teams not doing business in their conference is a thing in the past. Look at Major League Baseball. You're shuffling players when the you know you're just looking out for your own franchise. Portland, Portland just had a change of the guard in the front office. Are we finally going to see something shake out in Portland this year, buddy? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Damian Lillard goes to Utah, and they're a championship team, period. Why? Absolutely. Two bona fides. There's no way you can guard them both. What kind you, of you package? can't do that. What kind of package would that take? What, what's the, Mike, what's the Mike Conley special? would be gone. Mike Conley would be gone. Bunch of assets. Um, Hold on. Hold on. I think Bogdanovich would have to go. Mike Conley will be gone. Bogdanovich would probably be gone. Um, it would have to, to be a bunch of draft capital because they just don't have that 19-year-old raw like player with upside, you know? But that's okay because Portland's probably going to send them something back too. Like, exactly. you know, Nazir Little or something like that. He'd be gone, right? I don't think they're going to give up Royce O'Neal because the other thing that, that we forget about, or not, or not forget about is the money's got to make sense, right? Correct. That's, that's at the end of the day, the money has got to make sense. And Damian Lillard is, Lillard is getting paid a lot of money. I'm going to tell you right now, I'd be willing to give up Gobert to get Damian Lillard. And here's why. I can go out. This is not an insult to Rudy Gobert for any Rudy Gobert fans. I like Rudy. This this is not an insult. This is about getting the pieces you need, right, to make this work. I'd be willing to give up Rudy Gobert. They don't need him, but I'd be willing to give him up to get Dane because guess what wins in this league now? Scoring. You got to score to win in the NBA. Yes, I know Cleveland's playing slow slower but guess what they're scoring buckets jared allen is scoring look at his he's blazing the trail he's been scoring 15 to 20 points the past couple games i'm I'm serious look at look at mobley he's been scoring 15 to 20 and 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 garland's scoring you know 18 to 25 and rubio's getting his eight points in and so you look and, and kevin loves coming off the bench scoring guess what 12 to 15 points and you look at this team and it's like well they're scoring points Hey, right. I got two more very hype, good hypotheticals for you before we move on to the rest of these three games. I'm going to wrap up the pot. I love love these tangents and talking about the league. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Two two hypotheticals for you. All right. If Utah gets Shai Gilders Alexander in a deal to pair with Donovan Mitchell, does that move the needle for you? No. SGA is not a bona fide score. He has room to grow but they need right. help now, right? Right. He's he's not he's not taking this team to a championship. He doesn't have the leadership yet. I, you know, like seriously, man, I've coached basketball. You got to have good leadership on the floor. He's still very young, too. Yeah. Between everybody. If I, I think and this is my this is my last pitch and this is a legitimate pitch, okay? I'm talking about a legitimate let's see if we can go out and get this guy. I, I, I don't think it would work, okay? Hear, hear, hear me clearly. I don't think it would work. I'm going to guess. Who are we talking, Utah? Yeah, we're talking about trying to get somebody to Utah, another bona fide score. John Wall. No. No. But that's a good call. I, I like that. This is going to sound weird, but it's about 
where the, where you think this organization may be headed and are they ready to really break this thing up because their superstar may not want to be there oh hold on let me let me think here let me think are you in the east no i'm in the west well god don't tell me you're thinking about zion I'm thinking about Zion, but I'm not thinking about Zion. Zion isn't going to help this team win. A wow, that was a really confusing answer. Are you thinking about Zion or not? I, I am, but I'm not. Zion is going to. We talked about it. Zion is going to leave the Pelicans. He's not staying, right? Now watch this. Oh, Dejounte Murray. No, come on. No, 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 no. All right, all right. Go. We're for talking it. about trying to free Brandon Ingram. Ooh. I'm listen. You free what, what Brandon Ain was a bona fide score. He can score the basketball and, and he'd have legitimate bona fide scoring help. Right. You go out and get Brandon Ingram. You don't have to give up as much. Right. You could give up Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is not a bona fide score. That's not who he is. He can shoot. He's not a score. He can shoot. There's a difference. You get a bona fide score. And I know I've said bona fide score like 50 million times. You get him, you swap for Bogdanovich. Maybe they send DeJounte Murray or they don't. But if you can keep Mike Conley and you get Mitchell and you get uh, Ingram and you don't have to give up Gobert, now they're going to create massive problems in the playoffs. I'm, I'm, you, you, do you get what I'm saying here? Because I 1,000% agree with I, Right, because they, they, this would be almost like the Bulls now. You've got a point guard that doesn't have to score, but can get the offense rolling and assist it, and going to play defense and do all this other stuff. And now you've got two guys. Guys, I need you to get me a bucket. And they can stagger them. Like the, the other reason that the Bulls are being so successful, if you watch the game, they're not playing DeRozan and Levine together like crazily in the first quarter, like one goes out, they play the rest of the quarter. The other one comes in, they go out and they, you know what I'm saying? Like they're doing a really good job of staggering them so they can both, so they can both get off and then come fourth quarter when it's, when it's money time, they're both in there. Yeah. I, I, I think Brandon Ingram is a guy you go after like seriously or well, never mind. I'm going to leave it alone. Maybe we can revisit this. This later in the week, but th- th- this is a good one, I think. We should. L- last but not least, if Kristaps Porzingis is unhealth is unhappy, you go get him right now. It's a risk; can't stay healthy, but you manage him to get to the playoffs, and uh, you know, and, yeah. and God forbid we get Lucas some damn help too. In in his defense, it would be great to see. Like you don't need a superstar next to Luca; you need a star that's healthy. And while Brandon Ingram might just add to that collection of talent you referred to. He's not a superstar. He's a star. Would it be enough? Would it be enough complimentary basketball to get there in Utah? Maybe it would be. Maybe it would be. Maybe it's enough in Chicago. You know, we'll see. Maybe when Miami's healthy, it'll be enough in Miami outside of Jimmy Butler. But um, it should be interesting to see where the Lakers are when at the, at the end of the season, too. We didn't even talk about them. Um, and if they mesh and if they're healthy. I still don't want to see them in, in five or seven games either. So uh, interesting stuff here. 
Good, good wormhole, as you call it, my friend. Let's get through these three games here. We have San Antonio, and we have Phoenix, and Devin Booker is out. So uh, let's see here. Chris Paul's 84 on FanDuel, DeAndre Ayton, 7,700. Michael Bridges having a hell of a defensive year, playing a ton of minutes, doesn't always perform offensively. You know, Jay Crowder, you know, usual suspects here. Cam Johnson's up to 4,100, played 32 minutes, seeing some real minutes now without Booker. Um, but there's not a ton that I'm, I'm, I'm all about playing on the Phoenix side of the ball. Um, just not real super interested, you know? I like DeAndre Ayton. The only reason Ayton doesn't get in that 40 range the other night is he doesn't hit that double-double. If Ayton gets – Four more rebounds, that puts him slightly over 40, right? Because that would have been the 1.2, so he would have been at 4.8. So you add that to the 36.5, and that gives you, what, 41.2 plus the double-double. So now he's at 40, uh, 41.2. We get, what, 1.5 for the double-double? Is that what we get? Mm-hmm. Right? So now we're at 42.7. Like, that's getting really close to like good value at 7,400. You get what I'm saying? I like Aiden here against the Spurs at 74 with no Booker. He's going to take, you know, he, I think I think the scoring is going to continue to come up. So I, I like it a lot. Gives you a super high floor. Um, on FanDuel on the Spurs side, I'm not really crazy about, you know, Derek White at 7,200 is a no-no. Um, you know, Jacob Podol. How much is DeJounte Murray? He's 99. He's getting close. He's 10-2 on DK, and guess what? He's earned it. They've been giving us a discount on DeJounte all season, and all he's doing is pretty much getting close to 50 fantasy points every night. He absolutely should be 99. He's finally priced fairly where I can hop off and feel comfortable. Agreed. You know, we came came into the season thinking, where are they going to shop DeJounte Murray? But he's been so good that now I think heads are turning, and I know we mentioned him earlier that, Maybe we build around and with this guy instead of flipping him for assets and go all the way to the bottom because he's the real deal. Um, yeah, you know, he's always in GPP consideration, and I don't think anybody's going to play him against Phoenix, who should be a pretty heavy favorite even without Booker at home, um, and they play slow and play really good defense. So he's always in tournament yeah. consideration. Um, Potal, I don't know. Keldon Johnson, 5,400, playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, when you play 35 minutes consistently at 5,400, eventually you walk into an 8X game or something like that. I just don't know if it's going to be against Phoenix. Um, Devin Vassell is questionable. Uh, McDermott's healthy again. Yeah, you know what? Outside of Murray on FanDuel and maybe Podal, maybe. Um, that's it for the Spurs for me. Yeah, Lonnie Walker played 30 minutes the other night, but you know, it could be a little bit of smoke and mirror, so I don't want to really get into that. All in all, in this game, I mainly – just want to play Aiton. That's a, that's about it. And when we get to this next game, I mean, man, as you can guys can see, it's really not a lot of games I want to get involved in tonight. And uh, I feel like you think the Golden State Orlando game might be a bit of a lopsided affair. Yeah, I think Golden State's going to handle this team. I'm not playing anyone from Orlando mainly because they're all overpriced. Cole Anthony's 8K. I don't think he's going to hit value in this spot. Um, you know, Franz Wagner is 6K. I don't think he's going to hit value in the spot. Wendell Carter Jr. is 6,900. 
I don't think he's going to hit value. And if he does, it's going to be very, have a very minimal impact in tournaments. And Mo Bamba is 6,400. I, I just don't believe that Orlando's about to walk into Golden State at 10 o'clock PM Eastern Standard Time and give Golden State problems. I, I totally agree. Totally. Agree. And the flip side, no one's going to play Steph Curry. So if you're 150 max and like you probably would get Curry at some of the lowest ownership you'll get all season. Yeah. At some point, Curry's going off for 50-plus real points. It's coming. Don't know when, but but the the day is coming. Maybe by some grace of God, Orlando keeps it within striking distance. One of those Monday, you know, a little bit late getting to the arena game for Golden State. Like, if I'm playing Curry, I'm running it back with someone from Orlando, though, because we know someone has to be popping off. Again, if I'm playing one to three lineups, I'm probably not playing Curry, but – Large field stuff, multi-entering, I, I think you won't see Curry at much more minimal ownership than what he'll probably be on Monday. But I'm with you for the most part, Chief. Yeah, I will say this. Juan Toscano-Anderson is picking up minutes. Uh, Otto Porter Jr., uh, I think he, I think his minutes will be back up again on Monday. Like, these are two guys. I know I mentioned Otto in the last pod that, that I had with Stevie. But these cheap pieces from, from Golden State that are going to get some of that run if the game gets late and they're up 20, like these are some of the guys I like because, you know, they can put up, you know, 20, 30 fantasy points in a hurry at at, at a minimal price. So just keep an eye on those guys. Well, I can't believe we're going to talk about Dennis Smith jr, but here we are. Game of the night, man. This is the game of the night right here. Late night hammer saving the best for last. All right. So quick injury breakdown on the Portland side. Lillard is out. He's waiting for a trade to Utah. <laughs> Just kidding. McCollum um, has a GTD tag. He's probable dealing with some rib stuff. Yeah, you know, we know historically what McCollum does without Lillard. You know, Nurkic sixty six hundred. He is healthy. The minutes just aren't there this season consistently. Anthony Simons is out. There's a big one. Norman Powell appears to be healthy again. Um, again, not sure what kind of minutes we're looking at here. If the game's close, you know, should see a lot. Um, and you get Dennis Smith, who had a massive role without Anthony Simons, 36 minutes. Now, is this a guy we talked about, Christian Wood, and I compared him to uh, – who did I compare him to you know, letting go of too early earlier in the podcast? I can't remember. I was like, oh, Darius Baisley. Like, is Dennis Smith maybe going to carve a role out eventually? I don't know. Um, but he's been really good per minute when he's played this season. Uh, when he's had court time, he's produced per minute. 36 minutes against Boston, 43 FanDuel points, 21, 4, and 6, adding three steals to the docket, coming in at 5K flat. Wow. Wow. What is Dennis Smith on DraftKings, may I ask you, sir? 5K. We are in sync for the first time this evening in tight in terms of pricing. So let me hear it. Talk to me about the Portland side, Chief. What's going on? I mean, if Dennis Smith Jr. is going to play 30-something minutes against the Clippers, I'm in. And it's looking like that's what's going to happen. Um, and, man, good, good for Dennis Smith Jr. He's a guy that, you know, I, I don't know what, what he's like personally. I haven't seen him at practice, so I don't know, you know. I don't know what's been his holdback, but – He's been he's typically been an explosive player, you know, when he gets the opportunity. So I'm not sure, but he's definitely going to have it on this slate. Uh, he's 5,300 on DK. Sorry, I know I said 5K, but 5,300. Uh, but I don't mind it if he's going to get 35 plus minutes, um, you know, and so that that's 
that's pretty much where I am with that. I don't um, I don't really want to play a whole lot of other people. Like Norman Powell at 5K is good. You know what I mean? Like he's another guy that can put up some numbers. Uh, and then CJ at 9K. I, I like it against the Clippers, but like he's got to get 50 plus at that rate. And, and I just, he can do it. He can absolutely do it. But I'd much rather just play someone else. CJ 8100 on FanDuel will be popular in cash games. I, I just don't even know. Like it's obviously more of an attractive tag on FanDuel, but I don't even know for tournaments if I'm going to rush to play McCollum at 8100. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, like Dennis Smith is more of a, I mean, Simon's is a, a decent usage guy, but Dennis Smith is, it's a pretty high usage guy for, you know, maybe a, an unknown to newer fantasy players or someone who has forgotten or written off. Like, I don't know. He might cut into McCollum enough where like, uh, I'm, I'm okay with passing on McCollum. I, he'll give you a decent floor. Right. Um, I guess there's also a part of me that's worried about this game blowing out a little bit, but the game environment could be a little bit too good for me to pass up on. So not really worried, not really worried about the blowout here. Um, anybody else in this game, chief, you know, what are you looking at in general? Paul George, I don't know what he is on DK, but he's down to 89 on FanDuel. Oh, play him. You have to play him. That's a big, he's 10, six on DK. Huge discrepancy. Yeah. That that's an incredible price. Um, Portland's a good you know, get-right spot for anybody. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Jackson, sixty-two hundred. His minutes are still there, um, but he is priced where he should be because you know we're all trying to. Um, he's trying to uh, basically just score the basketball, so he's not going to do much outside of that. Then you've got Bledsoe and Terrence Mann who are just kind of going to eat into each other. Uh, you've got Luke Kennard who's playing some minutes now in the mid twenties and he, he might be an okay play in this spot, a team that's going to give up a fair amount of three point shots. So I don't hate Kennard in this spot as well. You know, I, I get it. Paul George had two bad game, not bad, but like he's still jamming the peripherals in there. He's 12 for 41 from the floor. His last two games, he's averaging 38 minutes a game. He played the Lakers. I get it. Sacramento just five for 21, just terrible. Like folks, I mean, he could score 30 real points against Portland. Like, no doubt. Portland doesn't play defense. He played a decent pace. 8,900 yeah. for Paul George. Pfft. Come on, guys. That's one. That might be the biggest price discrepancy between both sites. Uh, Erlen Jokic, I think, is an 1,100 difference. And I get that the structures are different. But for a superstar to be, what, 60? What did you say it was? 10-1 over there. How much is Paul George? DK 10 six. So $1,700 difference between sites. That's pretty wild. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Curious to see what the props come out on George. Like, like is, is Vegas going to be like, are they going to overreact on him too? I, I can't see it happening, but I mean, if they're a little, you know, lethargic on George props, I'm, huh, I'm interested in the get right spot here against Portland, you know? Yeah. All right. Reggie Jackson, 5,500. Any interest? No. You're so polite and, and diplomatic. <laughs> now, when we talk <laughs> about Nate McMillan and the Pacers, different story. Correct. All right, Correct. Chief. And, and guess what? what? And I felt the same way when Vinny Del Negro got fired when he was with the Clippers. 
The Clippers hadn't won any games. Vinny Del Negro digs this team out of the, the dumpster. And uh, I mean, just, and he gets fired. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, just, I, I don't understand these. And this was years ago. This was like, I can't remember if CP3 had just got there or I think that's, I think that's what he did. I think CP3 had just got there. Vinny Del, Del Negro was coaching a mess out of the Clippers and they fired him and got nowhere. They ended up in the same exact spot they were. They should have let, let the guy coach until they were losing or something. I just, I felt so bad. It was terrible. And guess what? Stupid Clippers front office at the time for firing Vinny Del Negro bringing in Doc, love Doc, but they didn't need Doc Rivers at the time. Vinny Del Negro was doing just fine. And uh, there you go. All right, I'm done. I'm done. David Blatt got a a raw deal, too, with LeBron getting him out of town. Oh, gosh. That might not be a popular take, but uh, it's one that I've, you know, backed for quite some time now. Anyway. I guess that's it. Covered a lot of ground. Some fun tangents here. Do we get to throw in a GPP food of the day since we're on this thing together? Uh, Thanksgiving, I made a, a mac and cheese that everyone enjoyed. Made some seafood stuffing, um, stuff Ooh. like that. So it was, yeah, that, that, that was Thanksgiving. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, I was on a boat ride in Florida, and uh, there, there was a Thanksgiving buffet. I was a little unsure of how good the food would be, but, man, it, it was good. And I got to check out some of the, the Gulf of Mexico and some of those multi-million dollar houses down there. Now I'm back in Pennsylvania, and my allergies are crazy. Can't breathe out my nose. It's super cold out. I really got to move down south, Chief. What's your winters like down there in uh, South Carolina? Um, well, where I am, not as cold as other places because I'm in Charleston, which is it's it's a little, you know, it stays warm here most of the year. Like the more so for instance, like like right now, the morning it might be 40 degrees, and by the afternoon it's like 68, 70, you know, 75, something like that. Can't beat that. Well, you can. I like cold weather actually. I'm saying I, I like to enjoy the full season. So like when it's winter, like I, I want I want it to be cold. Like I don't want to wear a sweater in the morning and a t-shirt in the afternoon. That sucks. Don't want to keep changing. I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, it, it's cold. We can have a cold hot debate maybe next show. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the four seasons. But uh, until then, play Paul George on FanDuel. And anything else, brother, before we get out of here? No, man. Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us. No, it's probably a little bit longer pod than usual. Thanks for embracing our tangent. We'll have another tangent tomorrow on Food for Thought and talk about all these bad coaching decisions that happened over the weekend with the NFL. I can already tell you right now that uh, that the elephant in the room is going to be the bad coaching decisions over the weekend. I can't wait to talk some football on Food for Thought. That'll be dropping Tuesday. Until then, we're getting out of here. That's the Chief Will Priester. I'm the Luch Justin Carlucci. Have a good night. Good luck, everybody.